Loyal listeners, if you are interested in an ad-free version of this podcast, as well as getting some bonus content in the form of a couple posts a week, as well as some bonus podcast content from Shane and I, make sure you head over and support the Patreon at patreon.com slash and join new patrons Connor H. and Matt A. Thank you all for your continued support. Since we are Welcome to another edition of the Picks Podcast over here at Her Little Sons. My name is Ryan Ritter. You can call me MD Tex. And as always, you can subscribe to the pod over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to come join us over in Discord. That is our live chat channel at herlittlesons.com slash Discord. And make sure you get that exclusive stream coming at you on Twitch at twitch.tv slash herlittlesons. Get that sub in for HLS Peacock. And, of course, we're always at Her Little Sons as well. That said, time to bring it, Eddie. Eddie, how you doing, sir? You know, you called your shot saying you were going to do the stupidest thing you've done with HLS earlier on Twitter. And, well, you did not lie to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> It was something literally I was like, I got an idea. Let's just do it. See, here's the problem with no fucks giving content creation. That. So, <laughs> details are at herlittlesons.com. We're going to have a little bit of fun with the uh, the Peacock thing. Look, we're, we're not going to completely deprive you of the sim. If you want to see it, just like NBC, we're going to make you pay for it. But you can make Jeff Bezos pay for it if you're an Amazon Prime member. So, we, we gave you details on how to hook up that Prime sub and all that. Uh, but the podcast will be coming at you tomorrow as well. So, just like you can listen to the game on the radio, you can listen to your sim on the podcast feed. Well, Eddie, with that all being said, uh, last week, a little bit rougher. Uh, we probably, there, there's a lot of ways we could have not only been 500, but come out above 500. Five, six, and one, still not bad. A lot of craziness last week. And, oh, that, that made, it's really kind of made my wheels turning uh, about how to approach week two. I don't know about you. How are you feeling about things? You know, I, I was a little displeased with the five, six, and one. I will say, I think the most confident we were in a game period was the Roadrunners, me, me, on yep. the field. Money line, baby. And, and we both got that sexy money line. So that was good. Uh, I didn't think that Clemson was just going to put five traffic cones out for their O-line this year. <laughs> that was real bad. Real that was a bad. surprise. Uh, I did not think that Orgeron was going to tempt the gods pregame and uh, get their ass whipped by UCLA. Sister blue, idiot. Didn't see that one coming. And most importantly, I sure as hell did not see Notre Dame blowing an 18-point fucking lead when they couldn't even get a first down on first and five, no less going three and out. Yeah, we Dude. we won't go through that whole game again. It's it's already been beaten to death. Needless to say, it was disappointing. Even with everything bad that would have happened, if the refs just did their job on 
protecting players. Isn't that the name? Player safety. Uh, but apparently, uh, uh, roughing the kicker is a hard thing to figure out these days. A lot of, lot of interesting officiating at the end of that game. But there you know really what? was. We got the dub in a tough place to play, a cursed place for Notre Dame in history. Where we we've had the plenty state of, of Florida, we did it. <laughs> yeah, through ref shenanigans, which we've lost to before there, so it could be worse. We're moving on one and zero. You know, you and I may not have gotten it ju- done next last week, but hey, still above five hundred, nine seven and one for both of us. So let's uh, let's keep on rolling with it. Yeah, let's do it. We got another twelve pack to crack open right here for you. So Eddie, why don't you say we go ahead and get us rolling, sir? Let's go, baby. All right, well, that leads us to a really weird start time, a really weird kick. I had to double check this, but uh, apparently in God's time zone, we have football at 10 a.m., Eddie, on the ACC Network. Gross. <laughs> Is, so weird. Are, are you sure you weren't checking the Premier League scores? or I, I, I was on LS, the, the Bible, lsufootball.net, man. I, I they, trust them with my life. They have never lied, so I ew, gross. It is extremely gross. Uh, but it is Illinois at Virginia. Oh, okay, deserved. Exactly. So it's it, it's one of those. I, I see. I, I understand your your stance on the staggered kick, but this is why I'm I don't like the bullshit because ESPN staggering it themselves now. And it's, mm, mm, no. Staggering is one thing, but I think you know my stance on anything that happens before 11 a.m. Yeah, exactly. This is is bad. This is bullshit, but this is slippery slope, I'm just saying. But anyway, Virginia, 10-point favorite. Total on this one is 55 and a half. Uh, Who do you got, Eddie? I'm going to go ahead and lay it with the Who's. You and I both fell into the trap with... uh... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong game. Uh, I'm going to take the Hoos because Illinois gave us the loss in the most obvious upset of all time last week. We both called that. UVA had a warm-up game against both William and Mary. They won the handicap game 43-0, so strong start over two opponents, but can't take too much away from that game. And, I mean, honestly, you don't really know a whole lot about UVA. They were 5-5 last year. For Illinois, I mean, Sitkowski was okay last week. I, I don't know. I just, I don't think they're that good. I'm gonna take the Hoos. Yeah, I'm laying the points too. Um, as you've mentioned, man, we mentioned last week too. One of the reasons we went hard in on the Roadrunners wasn't just the uh, the fade the fuck out of the team that won Nebraska and Illinois, which the punk cast should have stuck to. They had it called in week zero. They should have stuck to it. They knew what they were doing until they didn't. Uh, but Illinois is still on a backup quarterback. That's still a big problem. And the important part, even though you may not be able to take much out of William and Mary, Eddie, I'm going to take something out of it. You know what I'm going to take out of that game for the Who's? What's that? They covered 30 and a half points. So let's go ahead and keep that cover train rolling. Not only did they cover, they made damn sure they covered. Shut out the opponent. Illinois it doesn't look that good, but we'll actually get to see. Well, maybe. I don't know how much I want to watch at 10 a.m. Uh, what Virginia actually looks like for a little Notre Dame uh, preview there. So give me the who's as well. Next up on the big noon kick, we have Ohio State hosting Oregon in uh, 
maybe an out-of-conference game that lost a little bit of luster. Uh, Ohio State is a 14.5-point favorite after failing to cover 14 against Minnesota. Uh, but they, or, they pushed. They pushed. The, but I, I, I expected better. But that all being said, you had a quarterback in his first start uh, with Stroud coming out there. Ohio State still has a hell of a lot of horses. Now they're at home. You got the week one rust out. You go ahead and, and, and you got the... You, you got all that rust out and you have a team that faced Fresno in Oregon at home and they only won by a touchdown when they were favored by 19. Oh, flashing boy. it. Boy, had that cover. Oh, home, home field repping. Let's go. Yeah. Shout out home field. Um, but yeah, and it's going to be really hard for me to trust the Ducks. Uh, the line has moved in Ohio State's favor by four full points, and I think it's pretty well justified at this point. Um, too much talent. I don't know what Oregon's really got right now, but even with a sloppy start, you got to do more against Fresno than that if you're looking to compete, especially against Ohio State. And also, Eddie, body clock. West Coast coming in for a noon kickoff. Ooh, that's an early, early rise for the Ducks. Ducks are sleepy in the morning. Give me the Buckeyes. Who you got, Eddie? I'm on the Buckeyes as well. I hate the hook. I would feel so much better about this at 14. I talked about all my concerns with Oregon's offense a couple weeks ago when we did our preview pod, and it all sure did come to roost against Fresno State last week. Not, Not only did they not cover, the only reason Oregon won that game is because they got bailed out with a late penalty call, allowing them to get the late score. Obviously, we talked about how Oregon's strength this year is going to be their defense. That defense bolstered by the likely number one pick, Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau got hurt in that game. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, he got banged up. As of 3 o'clock this afternoon, he's still listed as day-to-day. But here's the thing. One, if he does play, he's not 100%. Two, is Oregon going to risk him in an out-of-conference game week two at less than 100%? I don't know. Three, even if they do, he's coming in hurt. You've got Ohio State, who's got some big boys on that offensive line. They're going to be double teaming him, trying to take him out real quick. I don't like that. As you mentioned, the 9 a.m. body clock kick for Oregon hurts him pretty bad. And the thing about Ohio State is, yes, they did not get the cover. They only pushed against Minnesota. But if you look at it, and uh, Ramsey, at Ramsey on Twitter, an uh, old interweb friend of ours, great oh, Ohio yeah. State guy, uh, had, a, Warriors. had a break, yeah, had a breakdown of the first half personnel that Ohio State was running. They were shuttling dudes in and out. It was almost like a, an NFL preseason game of just getting as many guys reps as you could. Yeah, they were practicing. Like, we've complained about that before at Notre Dame, but these guys were legit practicing. <laughs> and then you saw in the second half, they settled in and just let the starters play, and they beat the piss out of Minnesota. So I think Ohio State was maybe uh, sandbagging a little bit there. I'm going to take the Buckeyes, even with that hook just sticking out like a sore, th- a sore thumb. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, though. I feel like, uh, especially if Oregon plays the way they played. Uh, Ain't going to matter. Yeah, it's not going to matter. <laughs> Uh, next, uh, well, oh, I tell you what, I can't wait for though. Oh, what's that? 
I cannot wait to see what the first half line is going to be because I'm going to be all over that for Ohio State. <laughs> Those sleepy ducks ain't going to be awake yet. Oh, I love it. I love it. Come out firing at that first half pick. All right, let's move on to uh, – I love it, all the uh, out-of-conference matchups. And we got Pitt and Tennessee. That's what the people want. ACC versus SEC. Powerhouses, baby. This will be the uh, 11 a.m. Uh, uh, other noon kick over on ESPN. Pitt is a three-point favorite. They were only a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and the line got pushed up. Uh, total on this one is 56 and a half. I'm just laughing that it's favorite over Tennessee. I love it. Uh, what do you got, Eddie? I mean, both these teams had huge tests week one. Pitt going <laughs> up against the mighty UMass Minutemen, whereas Tennessee had to go up against Omar Jacobs' own Bowling Green State Falcons. Not a lot of pressure in week one for either one of these teams. I'm I'm going to ride with experience here. Kenny Pickett is in, I believe, his 27th year of eligibility as Pitt's quarterback. I think he started a game against Notre Dame when you and I were in school. <laughs> Tennessee was bad last year. They were 3-7. and seven. Most people are picking them to be the second worst in their division. Do you know who the only team they're above in that division is? Vanderbilt. Clark that Lee. That would be Buddy. Vanderbilt. Clark. <laughs> okay. They, they had a rough week one. Oh. Yeah, that was uh, not a great start for our old friend. I don't like how many people are on pit right now. When I checked, there were about 3,500 bets, 71% of tickets, 78% of money was on pit. But the line's been moving. I think Vegas may have been low, already jumped a point and a half, and here we are only on Wednesday. I'm going to go ahead and take it at a field goal now. I'm going to ride with the Panthers because I think that line is going to get above that. I think we're going to get a three and a half. Uh, hard agree. Yeah. Uh, if you can grab it before the hook, absolutely. I'm glad we're getting to grab it because I do think this is a case where we're going to see some more line movement. Uh, those percentages you gave, Eddie, uh, there's been about 200 more bets. Line line uh, distribution hasn't budged as far as money and tickets. Uh, and the other thing that's important, and this is interesting, because like you said, there were two big tests, but both these teams had a similar test, and that was being favored by 37 and a half points. One team did it, one team very noticeably did not. And Tennessee, anytime you fail to pull off a Bowling Green Massacre, well, buddy, I mean, that's on you. And, and it wasn't just like they didn't pull it off. Uh, that They were just awful in the first half. They looked lost. Uh, it's not that I think Pitt's a world beater or anything, but man, this looks ripe for all kinds of hilarity and, but I'm just going to steer into it. I'll take the team that covered over the team that couldn't cover and, and just ride that. Oh God. I apologize. If, if you guys want to see a murder <laughs> tune in at 2 PM in God's time zone on CBS sports network, where you will see Purdue taking on head coachless UConn. <laughs> Randy Edsall was told to get the fuck out of there after saying he was going to retire after losing to Holy Cross. Purdue is favored. Oh, God, this is so great. By 34 points. They did open at 27 and a half. Just absolute hilarity. If, if you didn't catch it, UConn lost to Holy Cross at home by 10 points. They were actually favored in that game by three. On the other side, Purdue played Oregon State, won 30-21, covering 
uh, their seven point spread. And, and y'all, UConn might want to take a page out of their 2020 playbook and just not. <laughs> this is, I mean, just an abject disaster. I mean, maybe they play a little bit better now that Edsel's gone, but I don't see it. This is just all kinds of bad. The The funniest thing, uh, the No Escalators blog that covers UConn, they pulled a video where Randy Edsall, like had his hand up to try to break down the team. The whole team just fucking walked away from him. Like, nobody gives a one, shit. One guy, like, was starting to put his hand up, and he, he read the room, and he's like, oh, yeah, never had mind. Had a bit of freshman. It's like, oh, shit, okay, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, as weird as this says, <laughs> Notre Dame's next opponent I'm laying 34 points with Purdue. Who do you have? Yeah, trains. Easy. <laughs> Vegas Vegas opened this at 27 and a half. It's already steamed up to 34. Vegas better keep going. I don't know if there's a number you could hang that I'm not going to fade UConn at. The fa- Forget that they lost. The fact that you were only a three-point favorite as a <laughs> D1A team against fucking Holy Cross... Forget shutting down for the year. Get rid of your fucking football program, you clowns. I don't I know nothing about Purdue. The only thing I know is they lost the best player they've probably had since Drew Brees is gone for the NFL. Don't care. Maybe I start to question this line at 49 and a half. But we ain't there yet. Trains, choo choo. All right, and next up, we got a little bit of Commander-in-Chief action where Air Force takes on Navy. Air Force is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Total in this one is 41. It started to get pushed up. It was 40-and-a-half earlier today. Uh, It started at 44-and-a-half. My principle of uh, betting uh, of a, a service team against another option team backfired hard on me just gonna throw that out there thanks georgia southern for sucking real bad appreciate you bud by letting army run all over you anyway this game is 230 on cbs uh let's see oh yeah it's europe eddie navy fucking sucks you lost by 42 to marshall keenan reynolds ain't walking through that door anytime soon man I, the only intrigue here is whether or not the service academy under keeps hitting the way that it usually does. I got it at 41. I saw that it dropped 40.5. Apparently, it's back to 41. I'd hop on it now. It's going to be below 40 by kickoff. I would almost like to bet money on that if I could. But yeah, <laughs> Navy's trash. They're an auto fade until I see any kind of life out of them. Yeah, I, I want to know what the hell happened with Navy. I actually was like, oh, I'll throw this on one of my screens. And I, I turned it to a different game. It was that bad. I'm like, I don't need to see any more of this shit. They can't run the option. Their offense sucks. It's pretty bad when you're an option team. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. They I don't know if they got a quarterback that can actually effectively run the thing. And as if that wasn't enough, Navy had a field goal block and a punt block before I tapped out in the first half of that game. I mean, there's nothing going on. Their defense is terrible. They, I mean, just absolutely got waxed by Marshall. They, they were only, they they were a three-point underdog, and Marshall fucking waxed a 49-7. Just, dear God almighty. Um, Air Force has a pulse. 
I like, yeah, they didn't cover against Lafayette, but whatever. They're playing just walking garbage right now. And I actually too feel safe, even though the principal backfired on me because Navy can't score any points. And I really don't think they're going to get going against Air Force at all. It's just, it's bad, y'all. It, watch it, see the train wreck, realize what I'm talking about, and then go watch a different game because, uh, yikes. Big yikes. Next up, Cal takes on TCU. TCU is an 11 and a half point favorite. The total of this one's at 48. Man, got some NFL ass totals going on in here right now. Uh, this game is at 2.30 on ESPNU. Uh, I actually did watch um, Cal do whatever that was against Nevada. That game was just fucking weird. Going back it and was, forth. That nobody, was bizarre. Nobody seemed like they cared to win that game. And after a while, Nevada was like, sure, we'll do it. Whatever. Let's let's all go to bed. Good night. Uh, TCU uh, played Duskane, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, uh, Duquesne is the actual pronunciation, Ritter. I think we've been over this. <laughs> whatever. I don't care. The, the, the crap of whatever. Dukaka. Um <clears throat> Got him. Look. Here's the problem. I don't trust either team here. Um, this is rock fight written all over it for me. I, I'm going to go ahead and take the road dog in this one because I just look, I, I don't see much of an offense from Cal. I don't know what TCU's got, but I have been on suspicion for them for years now. And yeah, you didn't cover either. So I'll, I'll give you that. Now, granted, it was a 42 point spread they pushed on, but. I don't trust the frogs. I don't trust Cal. So whatever. Let's just toss it up in the air and I'll take the points. What do you got, Eddie? I was really hoping we might get some separation here, but I'm on Cal as well. Yes, Cal lost to Nevada, but Nevada's a decent team. So they actually played a real game, whereas the mighty Duquesne footballers probably did not give as much of a fight to TCU as their own practice would. TCU brought a lot of guys back. They're going to be solid this year, but... I mean, TCU has never been an offensive threat in the Gary Patterson era. They've always been kind of the rare defensive team in the Big 12. When you see a total at 48 and a spread near 12, that's a Thanks. that's a tough one to pull off. And just for fun, Cal's coach, Wilcox, as a road dog, 11-4 and four against the spread. Oh, I like that. That that's almost a bear fact right there, Eddie. I like I, it. But I got I I did that research. I love no, it. No no bears involved. We are a bear free zone currently. So yeah, we're gonna except for the bears that we are both picking, those bears are in this zone. <laughs> so we'll though they're allowed, but no Felicas. Yeah, uh, and also uh Action Network, there's there's less than two thousand bets, but 80% of the tickets and 97% of the money on TCU. Oh, wow. Earlier, they didn't even have the money up. It was just 82% and question mark, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> if maybe maybe somebody finally bet on Cal. Uh, <laughs> Make it register. It, it wasn't an actual error. Exactly. Uh, but the lines only moved two points. Like, that's, that's not a whole lot of line movement with that much action on one side. So, uh... Go ahead and keep driving it up, please. Uh, I'll be happy to take a couple extra points off of uh, Cal or at TCU or whatever the hell's going on. Anyways, I need a reset. I need to refocus. We got the other side of the six-pack coming up after this, starting with El Asico. El Asico. Next.
Loyal listeners, if you ever wanted to get a deeper insight into the Notre Dame football program from somebody that lived it as both a player as well as in the inside of the athletic department, we suggest picking up a copy of If These Walls Could Talk, Stories from Notre Dame Fighting Irish Sideline, Locker Room, and Press Box by none other than Reggie Brooks himself. Reggie will dive into everything from his time playing under Lou Holtz all the way up to the experiences of watching Brian Kelly lead today's Fighting Irish. And we are happy to extend a 25% offer off the book just by going to herloyalsons.com slash book. Make sure you use the code WALLSND25. That's W-A-L-L-S-N-D-2-5 when you make your order. Again, head over to herloyalsons.com slash book. Use the code WALLSND25 and enjoy a great addition to your Notre Dame football library. All right, now we are back and and coming to the second half of the picks here. We're, we're going to crack into the rest of that 12-pack. We're going to start out with a little Asico. We'll see if this provides a little bit of separation, Eddie. Iowa and Iowa State facing off in a top 10 matchup. Can you believe it? Game of the weekend. Game of the weekend. 3.30 on NBC in God's time zone. Iowa State favored by four and a half. 46 and a half is your total. Eddie, who you got? I'm gonna take the clones here. I know that doesn't make sense. Iowa's coming off a 34-6 win. Iowa State barely, barely squeaked by Northern Iowa. But let's dig in a little bit here. I'm not surprised. Most folks are on Iowa currently. 65% of the tickets, 66% of the money, about 5,500 votes when I checked earlier. You may have updated numbers. You and I both bought into the hype last week. We both bought in on the Hoosiers. We were we were thinking they were going to ride that momentum. We were ignoring Every single warning sign that this is not going to be a good Indiana year, we we're like, fuck it. Let's go. Put the blinders on. Let's let's ride that Phoenix to glory. And then Iowa beat the shit out of them. They couldn't even spell their damn name right on the jerseys. It, it was <laughs> as abject a disaster as it could have been. Couldn't have gone worse. And then I'm sure you're saying, well, Iowa State barely got by you and I. They're terrible. What what? Iowa State has not shown up for the first game of the year in like a decade. They always sleepwalk through their opener. Doesn't matter who it is. It's always a bad team. They've dropped a couple of them, but they're always close. So it's not really a surprise. They always fuck around. And yes, you're then going to tell me, well, Iowa's won five straight. I Yeah, that's true. I don't really have a ton I can say about that one. But here's the thing. Iowa State is coming into what they are hyping up as their biggest year in, what, the last five decades? This is the most important season that the Cyclones have had, certainly in our lifetime. If they're going to actually have that happen, they've got to win this game. There's just, there's no way around it. It's a little scary rolling with Iowa State here. I don't know. I Iowa State laying points is scary. 
It is. It's highly scary. I, I'm not going to lie. Part of my notes were about how Iowa State was a dog because I can't read. I <laughs> fucked that part up. So I had all these great stats about, my, about Matt Campbell being this great dog. And, well, all that's wrong. He is laying the points. But fuck it. We're going to lay the points. I'm going to fade the public here. Give me the clones. Yeah, um, we're not going to get any separation right Come now. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't worse. know if you saw me on camera drop the uh, silent F-bomb off to the side. I was hoping you'd take Iowa because here's, you know, when you go back and, and you watch the game film from last week, and you said it, we fell into some traps, Eddie. And against my better judgment, when I, I, I started smelling something on a couple of these lines, and I vocalized it, I said, something doesn't seem right. So that makes sense, and I go whistling right into the trap anyway. I don't think we got the cartoon stink lines on this one. This doesn't make sense. I don't understand, like, for the life of me. Like, I, I understand the logic that you gave with Iowa State. I, I don't see the logic of them being favored by four and a half points. I just don't. I, I don't get it whatsoever. I know they sleepwalk through a game, but, man, they, they almost slept rocked right off the edge of a plank in that one. Iowa looked good and solid, but again, I think that was, like you said, more of a factor of Indiana being a little bit overrated and um, everybody kind of taking us to the cleaners on that one. But I'm going to go with the Cyclones because I told myself after what happened to me last week, especially with like the LSU line in particular, if I see a line and I say this doesn't make sense, got to drive in and steer into that skid, man. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay the four and a half. Iowa State will be up for this. Games at home, fans are back, all that kind of stuff. And I tell you what, there has been a little bit more of a boost as, as much of a running joke as it's going to be. Home teams have come to play so far yeah. this season. And this is going to be the first rivalry game with fans. Oh, buddy. I I think that might be worth uh, the three-point home field advantage alone and then some. So uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and ride with the Cyclones. I'm going to assume somebody knows something more than me and just I'm going to go ahead and take it. I'm not, not going to question it. I'm not even going to avoid the game. Hell, I may even take the over because something is weird. 80%, 80% Eddie are on the under. 80 I mean, it, it is El Asico. That is that is typically an auto fire under, although it is it burned. I remember two years ago, we had this exact conversation and it got us both, if I recall correctly. It does. And it's sometimes like a man's got to have a code and you got to have your principles. But sometimes you got to take a look in the mirror and realize when you're walking down the wrong path right into the oncoming train, man. All right. But let's move on from El Asico. Let's let's start to transfer over to the nighttime where Texas and Arkansas are going to revive the Southwestern Conference for a night. Seven-point favorite is Texas on the road. They opened as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, by the way. A total in this one is 56. Um, look, Texas, I, I will say, they did impress me with what they pulled out at uh, Louisiana Lafayette. I was not expecting a whole lot from Texas. They pulled a lot more than I thought they would have. So, hat tip. Arkansas, look. You covered against Rice, and that's the important part. Now, you looked kind of ugly doing it, but you did it. And, man, this line has jumped. That is more than a field goal of movement right now. But the whole world is on fucking Texas, man. The whole fucking world. I'm taking a look at the numbers right now. 89% of the bets, 78% of the money. Oh. <sighs> 
there's an 11% differential in money if you go look at the Arkansas side. 11 to 22% there. I'm going to hope that home team ready to get rip-roaring SEC wants to maybe embarrass Texas a little bit. I love me a home dog. I'm taking it. Call the hogs. Call the home dogs. Give me Arkansas. Who do you got, Eddie? No, sir. I'm on the horns. I'm sorry, man. You struggle with rice. Yes, they got a miraculous front door cover at the end. If you struggle with rice, I can't pick you. I'm not going to pick you next week. There's just no way I can. Add on the fact that Arkansas just lost one of their starting defensive ends earlier today for the season. You mentioned the point, the the pick and the money disparity. You're right. However, as you also mentioned, this opened at three and a half and is all the way up to seven. Vegas fucked up and they're trying to catch up. Hudson Card looked real good at quarterback for Texas against a live Luloff. Like that, that's a top 25 team. Yes, week one rankings are bullshit anyway, but this is a legitimate Luloff team. It was not a, you know, a, a cupcake opener. They were playing a real team. Bijan Robinson's still real good. I know that this game is going to be incredibly important to the Arkansas fans, way more important for Arkansas than Texas. But none of these players were alive when the Southwest Conference folded in 96. That's old hate. I don't think the players are really going to give a shit about Texas. You know? I mean, they've maybe played twice in their lifetime. With all with all the bullshit going on with the Big 12 and SEC crap? S- Arkansas is looking at it like, come on now, fresh meat, let's go. Uh, SEC doesn't give a fuck. They're, they're in the catbird seat, man. They're watching the the tiny children play around while they're catch while they're counting their money up. I I I mainly bring that up because I think a lot of people are thinking, okay, Arkansas super fucking hates Texas, and that's going to motivate them. I just don't think the players are going to care because that's an old rivalry, that's old hate. I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, I I mean, as far as I, I think the only thing in that is the oh, you want to come play in our yard now. That that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, the rivalry, Southwest Conference. No, I know the crowd will be up for it. And crowd, crowd's definitely going to be up for it. And I hope it's. I hope it's a good game. I hope it's a close game. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, I'm I think Texas for some is better. Home field magic of a different kind in this one. Like I said, that home teams have been playing pretty well, so I'm hoping for it. Uh, that's that's what I'm banking on here. Well, we finally separated, but now after that, Eddie, I'm going to give you a real Sophie's choice here. Do you want to take Wisconsin, who was a seven-point underdog on the road that just Washington. lost, just Washington. lost to Montana? Washington. Or not Wisconsin. What? Washington, not Wisconsin. Yeah, that's why. Oh, did I say Wisconsin? Yeah, you said Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I was like, I'm looking right here. They're playing Washington. <laughs> I'm just just making sure we're all on the same all page. Right, I'm leaving that in. Okay. Are you gonna let, let's restart that? We're not we're not gonna edit this. Whatever. Last season, you're just gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> Do you either want to take Washington, who just lost to Montana and lost kind of hilariously? <laughs> Although it was on the Pac-12 Network, did anybody really see it happen? The score says it was thirteen to seven. We don't really know. Or Eddie, do you want to take Michigan, who is laying seven points at home 
after they took out one of their directional brethren. Sophie's choice opens with you, dear sir. I hate this, especially with Michigan losing their top receiver threat. But look, if you lose to Montana, I have to pick against you. That's just uh, them, them's the rules. I. It feels bad. I don't think Michigan's really that good, but you lost to fucking Montana. Are you kidding me, Washington? More like Jimmy Pond. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jimmy Leak, not Lake. Got him! Uh, Eddie, a man's got to have a code. And that code is, if you lose a fucking Montana, I can't pick you either. <laughs> uh, that, that, was, that was open bait out there for the both of us, just to see what would happen. Look, Fuck Michigan is a long-standing tenant of this podcast. We still forever will b- believe that to our dying days. But when it comes time, 7 p.m. on ESPN, and the ball actually gets kicked off, I think there's only one functional football team on the field. And unfortunately, that's Michigan right now. I don't know what the fuck happened against Montana, but you're favored 22 and a half points. You don't even score 20. What the absolute fuck? Like, ugly, ugly. We we dogged UConn for losing to fucking Holy Cross, but they scored 28 points, man. (laughs) UConn fucking outscored you. What the hell? Oh, I think I may just have to take the under on principle on this one, too. Mm, I like that. Oh, I, I, I expected so much more out of you, Washington. I'm glad I didn't pick you to win the Pac-12. But Jesus Christ, I had hope for this. I had hope. You took it from me, you bastards. Fading you till you get your shit together. God, give me the Wolverines. I fucking hate you so much, Huskies, for doing this to me. <laughs> Next up, we got a holy war, Eddie. Uh-oh. Utah and BYU. Utah coming on the road here as a seven-point favorite. 9-15 in Central Time over on ESPN. Oh, man. You want to talk about a a real test that Utah had as well. But they didn't cover. They had – they're playing Weber or Weber or whatever the hell. uh, But you needed to score 30. You didn't. So you didn't cover. Great teams cover. However, on the other side of the coin, BYU also didn't cover against Arizona. And look, the weirdness was happening, but they ended up winning. Now they almost, they came close. They almost had that 13 and a half point cover. At the end of the day, though, I got to take a look again at the the line and, and try to take a look at what I trust and what my gut tells me. Because I don't have a whole lot of data, besides that these two teams hate each other. But... And I just don't know if BYU's got, got the guns to keep up with Utah at all. And by keep up, I mean actually put points on the board. Utah's defense, still good, good enough. I don't like taking full touchdown in a rivalry game, much less on the road. I'm going to do it anyway. Give me Utah. Who do you got? Well, we're, uh, we're riding and dying this week. I'm on the Utes as well. Utah dominates this game. Utah's on a nine-game win streak in this rivalry, and that was against some of the best teams BYU has had in decades. BYU does not have one of their best team in decades this year. They've had some good teams lately. They're replacing a whole lot of dudes, especially at quarterback. They lost Zach Wilson finally. 
We got a sophomore, Jaron Hall, coming in. They've only got four starters back on defense, and they relied pretty heavily on their defense last year. Not to mention their head coach, Sataki, 2-5-1 and one as a home dog against the number. Ooh, yikes. Not really imbuing a lot of confidence there. With that hook going away, it opened at 7.5. Getting down to 7 makes it way easier to take Utah here. I think they're going to run it out to 10 in a row. So I believe that means that Utah gets to invade BYU for the Mormon <laughs> realm with 10 straight victories and take it over if uh, Mortal Kombat law is to be respected, as I assume it is. Amazing. I love it. Yes, Mortal Kombat law. I didn't even I didn't even realize. I should have done more research on that. I'm just looking at like how they did in their last games. But you're, you're going deep, Eddie. Going deep into the lore. I got I got one last year. I got to run it out. Man. <laughs> I love it. I got to try and convince somebody else to pick me up and bring me on their terrible podcast to give terrible picks. <laughs> there you go. You heard it. Open recruiting now. It starts early. Do the tampering. I it's don't it's like it's like F one man. There are two drivers <laughs> announcing their teams for next year today. I'm, I, it's silly season, baby. I gotta. I need a new. I need a new drive. A- Aries running the Terry Bodass angle right now. It's like fuck you, Mercedes. I'm finding a way out of here. <laughs> well, he found a way out. He did. <laughs> Alpha. Oof. Uh, I he's he's not behind Lewis anymore. He's got that going for him. No, well, he's still gonna be behind Lewis. <laughs> Race car jokes. Vroom vroom. Uh- Oh, that F1 pod that we need to start somewhere. I, I love myself some F1 and stupid drama. It's great. So good. All right. Let's do let's do a little Pac-12 after dark, shall we? We actually got a legitimate conference matchup here. Well, yeah. the fact that both these teams play in the Pac-12. At 9.30 p.m. on Fox in God's time zone, Stanford heads over to Southern Cal. Southern Cal is a 17-point favorite. 52 points is the total. I have a feeling we're, we're both going on this one, Eddie, but let's let's go ahead and uh, let's do it for the people. Let's let them know what we got. Yeah, I wish that I had. Do you remember the Talk Boy I toy do. from when we were growing up? Yeah. I wish I had had that for the Navy pick so that I could just replay it because Stanford fucking <laughs> sucks. Would you have they put are it in t- slow motion? Just oh, so of course. <laughs> what am I? Some kind of a clown? I think this is my first rodeo. How dare you, sir? Uh, yeah, no, Stanford's trash. They're in auto-fade until I see some signs of life. Uh, SC started slow but took care of business against San Jose State. This, uh, I expect, is going to get ugly. I'm going to lay – I will happily lay 17. I, I'm going to happily lay 17 as well. Uh, SC took care of business against San Jose, like you said, and goodness. Talk about signs of life, needing them from Stanford. There were none over in Jerry World. I have no idea what the fuck they were doing at all during that game, besides getting their asses handed to them by K-State. Look, K-State might end up being a decent football team. Stanford's fucking trash. I mean, and you Just still, anti-offense. Yeah, and, and you still have, with everything else that's going on with Stanford, as bad as they are, you still have Shaw like basically punting at 30-yard lines again. It's just... He wants to lose. So there you go. Run into SC and get fucking run out of the stadium. Have fun. You guys are fucking terrible. Can't wait to kill you to cap off our season. Next up, 1.30 p.m. in God's time zone on the cock, Eddie. Oh, the the peacock. I'm sorry. I misread uh, that, that line there. Do I blame dyslexia for that? Uh, whatever. 
<laughs> Notre Dame, Toledo, the matchup you've all been waiting for, pay-per-view, over on Peacock. <laughs> Cannot believe <laughs> these are all things that are happening so, in our life. So dumb. So dumb. <laughs> Everything about this is dumb. <laughs> it's incredibly dumb. Reminder, if you want to take part in dumb, you got to pay to see video game football because we're steering into this bullshit here at HLS. No, hey, no we. No we. You are. I'm not a part of this. Don't, hey, don't, don't put this. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. We're doing the we as in HLS, and, and I actually need to pull it up because. It, guest guest host contributor. Yeah. <laughs> non, non-employee non member. Yeah. Our, our peacock is different from the NBC Peacock, okay? So our, our Peacock, where it stands for the premium exclusive access to competition from online computer knowledge. It just happens to be an acronym for Peacock. Just a weird coincidence. Does, does your Peacock have the hit NBC television show Las Vegas on it? No, it doesn't, but neither does the other Peacock. Garbage. Well, if you want to hear more about the hit NBC television <laughs> show Las Vegas, please feel free to tune into Pod at the Montecito. That's at Montecito Pod on Twitter. Come on down. We won't charge you. Free. Just for you. Hey, the podcast staying free, man. It's just the we're, we're trying to the future is now, Eddie. That's what I've been told. And, and we got to Handle the cord cutting on Twitch. Yeah, that all makes sense. Anyways. Dipping dots for everybody. (laughs) Notre Dame is a 17 and a half point favorite after failing to cover against uh, OSU, FSU, and OT. That I can't blame on dyslexia because I was trying to do two. Letters are hard, everybody. Letters are hard. Um, Toledo got to, you know, have a week off at Norfolk Stake where they pushed on a 39 point spread. Just in case you're wondering, look, Notre Dame did a lot of really dumb things. Marcus Freeman really wanted to test Notre Dame's fans' patience. I get all that. I really do. There was a lot not to like about that FSU game. However, there was a lot to like in there. If you can maybe compartmentalize for, you know, maybe those first three quarters and remember that, hey, there's a lot of talent on this Notre Dame squad. Now, I know we just got some bad news. Lawrence Keyes is going to sit out the season and actually play school, and I assume transfer afterwards. Um, But, man, that's still not enough to scare me off. Notre Dame supremely outclasses Toledo as far as talent goes. They're back at home, all that tough place to play, everything else. Look, they got all the fuck-ups out of the way. Marcus Freeman got to play with his uh, 3-4 or 3-3-5 toy or whatever the fuck he was running with that three-man front. Got it out of his system. We good? Mayor, you got rid of the drops? Got that all out of your system? Kevin Austin's a real boy, Eddie. He looked He's real, real good. He exists. Jack Cohn looked real good, too. That offensive line is going to hear a lot about how that run game wasn't as good as it should have been. There's going to be a lot of chips on shoulders. I look for Notre Dame to have a bounce back game here. You got the week one rust off. The timing's going to be better between Cone and the receivers. I expect the running game to be better. And I expect Marcus Freeman not to fuck up an 18 point lead when he has it this time. Go ahead and give me the Irish and a bounce back. Who you got, Eddie? I, I think that we're all overlooking Toledo a little bit. I understand you see Toledo on the schedule and you just write it off as, oh, okay, this is the freebie. I mean, this, they were a four and two team last year, brought back. Everybody, the only starter they lost was a quarterback. Uh, they've got two guys, Carter and Finn, who have been going back and forth. 
They didn't do a whole lot of passing last week, mostly because they were running the ball. Uh, had over 200 yards, five touchdowns between like nine different people carrying the ball. And Notre Dame absolutely collapsed in the fourth quarter. I mean, like you said, gave up an 18-point lead. You tended to focus on Freeman and the defense, which is understandable. They couldn't stop a run up the middle pretty much the entire game, especially late in the fourth and the second half once they switched to that three front. The offense, I think, scared me just as much. They completely turtled up. I mean, hell, you had a first and five and you go three and out. That's terrifying. Yeah, Tom, Tommy I, Reese has got some terrifying tendencies. I, I will give you that. You know, I hope that Tommy has already torn the quarterback power run playbook <laughs> or pl- page out of the playbook because, good God, especially on third and five. What? I mean, Jack Cohn, I'm not saying he's a statue, but Ian Book looks like the fucking Flash comparatively, and I, I, just scary. Look, I'm not saying Cohn isn't fast, but I'm just saying that he may not be able to outrun South Bend's finest. I'm just saying. <laughs> the noted benchmark for white Notre Dame quarterback speed. All that being said, as I know it sounds like I'm trying to talk myself into Toledo here, the offense looked real good in the first half. The The passing offense looked real good in the first half. The rushing offense looked like shit. Yep. I think a lot of issues came up when Blake Fisher got hurt and Tommy definitely condensed the playbook a little bit. I thought Cone played great. Uh, he had to adjust to not being in Wisconsin with cheese curd filled teammates who <laughs> you got to add like three tenths of a second on all their 40s. Like he, he had to catch up to the wide receiver speed. And once he once he dialed that in, played much better. I mean, the, the touchdown by Wilcox was incredible fighting that ball down. Kevin Austin has broken out of the negative zone. He has transferred into our reality. He has left the ethereal plane. He's a real boy. And damn, he looked good. Didn't feel great about the rushing offense, but I'm hoping that that was just some, some first game jitters with the new line. And we got to give some credit to Florida State. Jermaine Johnson was Fucking incredible the yeah, entire game. I, I am looking forward to not having to face anybody like him this week. Yeah, absolutely dominant. And Toledo ain't hiding any of those. They they did not transfer in anybody <laughs> who's ready to just wreck shop. I think the defense is going to have a lot of aggression to work out after last week. I'm a little scared of a backdoor cover with, you know, if the offense shuts down the way that it did. But given that next week is Purdue... I'm, it's you know it's not like you've got USC next week or North Carolina or one of these ranked teams. I don't think you're holding a bunch of the playbook back for Purdue. So backdoor scares me a little bit, but we're we're gonna get the Irish back on track here. We're gonna lay the 17. Yeah, and I think it's fine. Uh, and and Eddie, uh, I think makes a good point here, and it's something that we will talk about when we do the uh, the preview before the sim. Uh, Toledo, I mean, they, obviously it's not going to be the most talented team Notre Dame plays, but they're not slouches. We, we kind of, when we dove into the Mac pool, this, this ain't Bowling Green walking through the door. All right. It's, it's not going to be one of those, but, um, still it's, it's the nice part about having the talent that you do is that you can say, Hey, that's not a bad Mac team, but like we said, 
we really think that Notre Dame has, has got the edge on this one. Uh, and hopefully, look, Notre Dame very well could and should have put 18-plus on Florida State. That's what I'm going to sit here and think about. That's not just me being a homer. That's really me looking objectively. Okay, this team's coming at home playing a team with even less talent than Florida State. Yeah, this this should turn back around. So hopefully they do uh, because I would very much like to uh, enjoy the rest of my football watching evening. Um, that long wait for Sunday, that, that hurt and then having to – be taken to the edge and, and not being able to sleep even after the podcast and and all that stuff. It was a rough night. I don't want to repeat that again. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of worry there, but we, you know, we've been talking about a lot of actual football stuff on Twitter. Uh, our good friend rakes host of the greatest Notre Dame podcast, uh, the rakes report brought up how Notre Dame was staring at the worst vibes possible. Oh, yeah. You're on the road in the tribute game to the greatest coach the program has ever seen when the backup quarterback, a transfer who was beloved as a player when he was healthy, is coming back from such a horrific injury. Not only did they not know if he would walk again, they were almost going to amputate his leg Comes in in relief, throws a perfect drive for a touchdown, leads a comeback to overtime. We were on the wrong end of a storybook ending and still pulled it out. Jonathan Dorr fucking ice water back in the veins. He looked incredible last week. If I told you that Notre Dame went on the road, dropped 40 had three takeaways, including one of the most incredible interceptions you will ever see by world-destroying all-universe safety Kyle Hamilton, you're probably thinking, okay, that's probably going to be a pretty good result. No, we didn't cover. Yes, I am going to be late on my mortgage payment because of that this week. (laughs) That's okay. We'll figure it out. What we need to think about is we had everything going against us. And usually in sports, when that's happening, when all the fucking intangible bullshit happens, you lose. But this team didn't lose. And so let's just, it was week one. Weird shit happens. It could have been worse. Hell, you could have been at home with the Heisman front runner. Getting a surprise home game because your opponent just had to escape a hurricane and barely win by five at the buzzer, like Oklahoma against Tulane. Things could be worse. We're going to be fine. Does it suck that NBC is throwing us to Peacock? Is it insane that Notre Dame would agree to this? Yes. Were you to somehow Google a way to find a surge of sports that maybe you wouldn't have to pay for it? I don't know what would happen. Or (laughs) I guess they've got a promo code. You can use that too. But hey, you know, be the Carmen Sandiego of college football. See what you can find if you don't want to reward them for this insanity. More importantly, much like those who do not like Elon Musk... Let us detract from these foolish rockets and just beat the shit out of somebody at home. Didn't you miss touchdowns? Didn't you love Wilcox just beating the shit out of two Florida State receivers for a touchdown reception? 
didn't you love seeing Kevin Austin, an actual physical corporeal being, catching an amazing touchdown? Didn't you love watching Kyle Hamilton turn into Nightcrawler and teleport halfway across a field for a pick and then talk shit that, okay, yeah, you threw a flag on it for being awesome? Whatever. In the words of Mighty Ducks 2, 15 yards, well worth it. Let's beat the shit out of somebody this weekend. More like to lead no, if you ask me. And as always, go Irish. Hail Gamble. I, I would dismount from the pod, but is Wilcox the official nickname for Joe Wilkins Jr. now? Did I did I miss another official nickname? Mm, nope, that's just me fucking up. All right. Why did I put Wilcox instead of Wilkins in my notes? <laughs> I thought you were just, I mean, look, if you lost somebody that big, you're swinging around all kinds of big Wilcox right now. So. No, I mean, that. I, <laughs> if I was smart, I would have taken that free out. But no, I just wrote down Wilcox instead of Wilkins. <laughs> Hey, it's all good. That's that's on me. That's I, I, on me. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing more nicknames. All right. No, I fucked that one up. Look, look, look. We're only in week two. It's okay. Look, just like we all we all got our errors. We, we got, all we got, got our errors. errors. We got to get them out. But we are confident. I mean, look at this. The last time we were this simpatico, Eddie, we we had a pretty good week. It was a good week. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it again. Uh, this time I'm looking forward to being right over you. So we got a separation will happen. Unless there's it's a push. True. <laughs> Unless there's a push, we will have let's, let's Let's just agree that the one loss is going to come in the separation game. Everything else perfect. There we go. Yes, let's do that. All right. Well, that being said, y'all, thank you so much for joining the pod. Make sure you subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Join us in Discord. That is our live channels, uh, chat channel, herlowsons.com slash Discord. Make sure to join us over on Twitch tomorrow night and throw in that sub for exclusive Peacock access. Twitch.tv slash HerLittleSons. And, of course, you can always catch us at our home at HerLittleSons.com. Until next time, y'all, go Irish, beat Rockets. Have a good one. Charging people to see your cock. Shameful.